to Art of Life, Frank Forza here in Las Vegas. It's going to be a short episode. I want to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship. I want to talk about work. I want to talk about making work your passion, right? Not just a job, but a passion. Not just for profit, but for passion. If you're lucky, you will build a life around something you love. And it makes me think, remember I was a newspaper journalist for 10, 11 years or so, and I was a workaholic. I used to sort of live in that newsroom many late nights. There were nights where I slept in the newsroom. And I prided myself on how hard I worked. I was working those 70, 80, 80 hour plus work weeks. And what was really at the heart of that? Why was I doing that? And the reason I think I was doing it is I was alone. Writing is a very lonely endeavor. It's solitude. It's best done alone. And as there's an old saying, many a good book was written on an empty stomach. The starving artist writes some of the best books, produce some of the best works. The lonely artist, the afflicted artist, produces some of the best art because that art pours from what? Their heart. The word heart has what in it? Art. In the word. Heart. He art. And so I have a saying, when it's bad for your heart, it can be good for your art. It can be very productive. And, and I was as a journalist, but what it really was is me crying out for attention. It was me crying out for recognition. Me wanting to be a superstar journalist, me wanting people to say, hey, good job, or he's special at this. Why? I was craving that validation, that acknowledgement, that attention, because why? Because I had a big, huge void in myself. Because I lacked confidence. I didn't have self-love. I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel appreciated. And don't kid yourself. This is not just psychobabble, Freudian, whatever. We all need it. You need to feel loved. I don't care how tough you are, how John Wayne, how much swag you have. You want to feel loved. You operate at your best when you feel loved, when you feel worthy, when you are confident. You will be your highest self, male or female. Don't be so tough, guy, that you can't appreciate self-love. Don't be so tough because I don't need any love. That's just a that's just a sappy effeminate thing. No, it's not. You need it. And when you don't get it, there's a lot of people crying out doing a lot of crazy stuff out here in the world. Lost souls. Because they just have a huge void in them where love should be. So for me, that whole entrepreneur thing, and I just immersed myself in it as a journalist. And by the way, I was a journalist, professional writer, worked for UFC for five years, traveled on the road, wonderful, interviewed a lot of fighters, did video interviews, it was great, got to train with a lot of fighters. And then I went into entrepreneurship, tried to run my own business, be a media consultant. Wow, teach jujitsu. Wow, that was a wake up. I mean, for me, I've been the artist my whole life. Art comes natural, and art 
overflows from me. And I love, I feel so blessed and so gifted on the art side, but the business side, man, you grow up, mom's rarely around, dad's not around, you know, nine different families, 11 different schools, just never learned that business thing, it's very intimidating, the, the most I learned about business was at the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, working under Dana, working under Petita, just watching what they were doing, just watching the moves they make. That was educational. Then I decided after the UFC, hey, I'm going to give it a go, try to build my own business, my own jiu-jitsu academy, media consulting, teach the mind jitsu, art of mind, the mindset stuff, the grit stuff, the mental toughness stuff. I know that so well. I've been through so much. I was like, I can do that. I'm born to do that. Man, that entrepreneur thing is so hard, so difficult. And it's going to beat you up and bust you up unless you had a great mentor, unless you come from money where your parents taught you to manifest money. Maybe you get lucky and read the right books before, whatever. That's that's all well and good. But to me, the best experience in business is either you have a father, a mother, a mentor. You grow up in the family business. They teach you business. They When you're in school, your parents are aware and cognizant and they, they put you in a lot of business courses, et cetera, so you can learn at a young age or you have a lemonade stand, whatever. It's a great way to learn it. Very, very few do. But other than that, you're an adult. You're, you're north of 30. I tell you what, you just it's just hands-on. You basically probably the best business education most people are going to get, unless you got it from a family or a mentor, the best business education you're going to get is just running business and making mistakes and getting busted up and getting beat it up beat up and, and learning everything not to do learning for yourself what works what doesn't because the landscape's constantly changing under you so entrepreneurship wow it's not for the weak of heart it's a rough space and i'm reminded i'm here in vegas I mean, we have you know people more and more people want to eat healthy it's the skin capital of the world. Everybody's fit. You have Cirque du Soleil. You have people here that, whatever, they're in an industry. They're a cocktail waitress. They're a whatever, bikini model, whatever. And so everybody, a lot of people are cognizant of fitness here and, and working out. And so you just think, well, wow, what a great place to have a healthy restaurant or serve organic food, etc. yada, yada, yada. Can't go wrong opening up a healthy food place in Vegas, right? Easy money. Well, here's a cautionary tale for you. There's a very big, I think there are probably 7,000, 8,000 square feet in Henderson, Nevada. They had a beautiful location, a prime location in a in a wealthy, affluent zip code. And they they had the you know sunlight the, the interior of their restaurant was beautiful supposedly the the big money behind this restaurant this healthy restaurant uh supposedly what i heard they had worked for mcdonald's before they had been some high level people at mcdonald's that's what i heard they had a lot of money behind them obviously and so they came out and thought well they're they're just going to kill it right they're just going to just take over everybody There'll be lines out the door for their healthy food, right? Because everybody wants to eat healthy and everybody's waking up to enlightened eating, et cetera. And 
So easy money, right? And just went by that restaurant today. We are permanently closed. Sign on the window. Been closed for the last couple weeks or so. They're done. And these were smart business people who did their homework and they'd had success before. What I'm told, they had a beautiful restaurant. The food was good. But they obviously made some big mistakes. Now, I am not here yet to teach you how to make a million dollars or how to make a billion dollars. That's not my thing. That's not my rabbit hole right now. I will. The day will come maybe sooner than later where I will teach people how to make money or what I've learned about making money. That day will come. That day is not yet upon us. So I'm not going to waste time. I'm only going to teach what I know, what I've experienced, what I think might help some of you, what I think will shorten your learning curve. That's what I'm going to try and teach. That's what I want to share, right? So the business, the, the real Jedi business stuff, I'm not there yet, but I can tell you some things not to do. And I believe that I know where this restaurant went wrong with their big money and their successful restaurateurs. And they still fail. That's how rough business is. Why did they fail? Well, number one, they had a seven, 8,000 square foot facility coming out of the gate with a new brand name of a restaurant no one had heard of came out of, i mean no big mistake man brick and mortar business high overhead and they're definitely paying north of 10 grand a month for that spot there's no way i was in there there's no way they were making that kind of money they were not making that kind of money it would take them years to be able to cover a couple years to be able to cover that north of 10 grand per month Okay? Not including employee salaries, et cetera, and, and food stocks and all that stuff. They had really high overhead, and they had overestimated how many people were going to come there. Number two, they, you know, they didn't know the customer. That was huge. They did not know the customer. They came, again, to my knowledge, they came from a McDonald's background. Not a healthy eating, not the organic space, not the conscientious consumer in my opinion, from what I could see, and I, I ate there probably 10, 12 times, and the food was good. It was overpriced. Another big mistake for them. The food was overpriced. They just thought, well, it's organic, whatever. The, the menu didn't have, I mean, they, they really could have done a better job with, the, you know, with what they were serving and, and doing something more unique. I, I thought they could have done a better job with the selections for sure. But their other failing, you know, the, the third thing would have been, the menu um, it could have had better offerings. But the first thing was way, way, way too much overhead coming out of the gate. Number two, they didn't know the customer. Know thy customer. When you go into a business, make sure you know the customer. There's a difference between when you're serving people GMO, fast food, whatever, you're running a McDonald's or a Carl's Jr. Uh, Burger King than there is running an organic spot. The organic consumer, the the super healthy conscientious consumer is a different consumer, someone like me. So someone like me who's the organic tank who I live this and I and I know Whole Foods, I know a lot of the, I walk those aisles so much, I know a lot of those products, I read a lot of labels. Someone you need someone like me in the room when you go to what's gonna be on the menu, who's the customer, 
thinking about to me I would bet anything they had this restaurant had big money behind it they had the three to five year business plan they had great business plans they had great logos they had great branding they had um, you know they know restaurants they have money they didn't know the customer they don't know the customer they don't know the mind of the customer by the way the UFC Dana White Dana White's preeminent genius to me, other than he has the it factor, right? He's a character. He does have the it factor. He's very driven. Is that Dana White knows the mind of the fan. He knows the mind of the UFC fan. That's really the secret sauce. Him combined with, say, Joe Silva. When Joe Silva was there, the matchmaker, they know the mind of the fan. They know what the fan wants. He always says, I make the fan. The fights fans want to see. So important. And Steve Jobs knew the mind of his consumer. That was a secret sauce. So you open a business, first of all, don't have the high overhead. Don't do that. I know I know great restaurants here, great sushi restaurants that I loved. Too much overhead. They couldn't survive. They just couldn't survive long enough. Wonderful ambiance, bam, they're out of business. The restaurants I've seen do well, and even uh, like the Samba Latte Coffee here, um, Samba Latte Coffee is just an institution. They do a great they they've they started their own brand. The entrepreneur is north of fifty years old, a guy named Luis Oliveira, Brazilian guy, incredible entrepreneur story. Again, didn't open his first business till he was fifty, took all of his you know, almost all of his life savings, him and his wife, and bam, I mean he is just creating an incredible coffee experience here in Vegas. He's gonna go national eventually. Well what does he do? He's passionate about coffee. He's from Brazil coffee's in his blood. His great granddad had a coffee farm. So it's in his blood. He's from Brazil. He knows coffee. He's got all the inroads and connections to coffee in Brazil to get great coffee. Um, it's in his blood. He's passionate about it. And then in addition, he's there in the restaurant seven days a week. He's in. He's got four or five different cafes here, Samba Latte cafes, and he's in them. You got to be there to make sure that passion is spread and that passion is brought to every part of the operation and that can't just leave it to your employees just they, who don't have the passion. For them, it's a job. The person for whom it's a passion has to be on the premises a lot. And I see that with a place called Greens and Proteins here. They're doing really well. They've got five or six stores. Another place, the organic, healthy eating options. Greg Jermalowicz and my boy and, and uh, his brother-in-law, Patrick. And what? They're there. They're passionate. They get it. They know the consumer. They're on premises. They work their butts off. And that's how you make the thing. That's how you make them fly. Shane, there's a guy named Shane Stewart here who runs a restaurant called Panacea. Great. I mean, very unique. They have a high overhead where he is in Boca Park, Summerlin, a really nice high-end area. But Shane Stewart knows the customer well. He is the customer. He does a great job with the food. He's very well-connected. He's there on the premises a lot. Same thing. He's passionate about it. He's living it. It's not just a for-profit grab like I saw with this restaurant that just went out. It's a for-profit grab. They're like, oh, everybody loves healthy food. Let's just bet on that and let's do a good business plan and let's take our restaurant experience. Like, eh. Nope. Passion matters. Passion matters. Lead with your passion. And try not to go crazy with the overhead normally. Try to start really small and build incrementally. That way you can make mistakes and they're not fatal to your business. Because you're going to make mistakes. That's how you're going to learn in business. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. Remember Dana White used to say, I know every mistake you can make. 
in this business, Frank, because I made them. You're going to make the mistakes. Stay so small. Don't have a ridiculous overhead. Have the smallest. Just start out of your garage or whatever, like the Gracies did when they came here for jujitsu. Start in a garage or you're in Gracie. Start small. Start online. No brick and mortar, right? A lot of, a lot of businesses, I think GNC is going under because they're brick and mortar. They're closing tons of stores, right? Because why? Most of the sales are online now. And online, you don't have the same overhead. You can last a lot longer because business is like, business is almost like a how long can you drown? And you want to succeed in business, like, well, how long can you drown? How long can you stay afloat and doggy paddle? That's a key to making it in business. It's just sometimes it's just how long can you last? If you can last long enough and make the mistakes but still be standing, build a loyal following, figure out the right way to do things, lead with your passion. You can do it. So lessons in entrepreneurship today. I can't teach you yet how to make a billion. We're not there yet. How to make a million. We'll get there. But what I just told you matters. The passion matters. Start small, build small, build right, and have the right motives and be be there, be present. You be down in the trenches. You got to be there. You be down there leading. You lead the way with your business. Don't just hire a bunch of people to ask them to do whatever. You got to lead the way. You set the example. You infuse the passion into the operation, the passion that will move mountains, not just money grab. Life Jitsu, Art of Life, Frank Forza, www.frankieforza.com. Email frankie at frankieforza.com. Thank you so much. See you soon in the next episode. Don't stress. Be blessed.